the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The insanity is a week away. Yeah, and unless uh, some of the crazy stuff I've been seeing on the Internet is true, and I, I hope it is, and it's really some great, strange, crazy stuff out there, but uh, one week from now we will be living in Joe Biden's world. And here's a little taste of what you can expect with Democrats in charge. This is from Chris Rufo. He's been a guest on this show. He, he writes for City Journal, and he's also a, a, an independent journalist. This is the beginning of his piece. He writes, An elementary school in Cupertino, California, Silicon Valley, a community with a median home price of $2.3 million. Don't let that impress you too much, because if you live in a $250,000 house, it's probably a million-dollar house out there. But anyway, uh, that's an elementary school out there. Recently forced a class of third graders to deconstruct their racial identities then rank themselves according to their, quote, power and privilege. Based on whistleblower documents and parents familiar with the session, a third-grade teacher at R.I. Meyerholtz Elementary School began the lesson on, quote, social identities, are you ready, during a math class. The teacher asked all students to create an identity map listing their race, class, gender, religion, family structure, and other characteristics. Remember, this is an elementary school, third graders. The teacher explained that the students live in a dominant culture of white, middle-class, cisgender, educated, able-bodied, Christian, English speakers who, according to the lesson, quote, created and maintained this culture in order to, quote, hold power and stay in power. So that's what they're teaching the kids at this uh, in the third grade at this elementary school. Uh, could this be coming to a school near you? That's that's the question. Uh, maybe one that your kids or grandkids are going to be forced to go to because you have to go to the school that your zip code says you have to go to. It's wokeness uh, coming to get your kids, and it's out there. And it's a great advertisement for school choice, by the way, which might actually exist if the Republicans were better at fulfilling their promises. Uh, the Heritage Foundation did a survey to find out what's going on with school boards and parents and got some pretty interesting answers. And we'll talk to a guy who will tell you what they found when we come back. Stick around. Some home repairs just can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. Well, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters, and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew, so don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial, aluminum, wood, and composite. And to show their appreciation to stag fans everywhere, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this show. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off. Backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you? 
The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com Connecting you with new customers As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses... But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Big changes are coming if, in fact, Joe Biden and his sidekick Kamala Harris are wheelie-wheelie inaugurated next week, especially with the Democrats in charge of the House and Senate. And one of the biggest changes could be happening in an area where people seem to pay very little attention, education. Jonathan Butcher is a senior analyst at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy, and he joins us now. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Great to be with you. So so what's going to be the result before we get into your survey that I want to talk about, what's going to be the result of all the homeschooling that's been going on during the COVID-19 hysteria, do you think? I mean, that's, I know it's a broad question, but just what do you think is well, going to be the major thing? Yeah, I think to begin with, I think that parents will know more about what their students are being taught because they're going to be seeing, you know, for those families that are educating their children at home, but their child is doing virtual schooling through the district's platform, right? They're going to know more about what their students are being presented with. Uh, I think for the families that choose to homeschool and, and really remove their child from their assigned school, uh, I think there's going to be, uh, once again, I think just a deeper understanding that parents are going to have about how much it matters to share their values with their children. Yeah. And how many Americans do you think could name more than one person on their local school board if you asked them today? Uh, I think I think it's pretty close to zero, I think. It'd be, it'd be pretty small, right? I mean, you know, they're generally off-year elections. They attract a lot less attention. And, you know, because of those things, it gives local teacher unions significant power and influence over uh, what the candidates know and what the voters know, those that do turn out. Yeah, I noticed that reading the piece at the Heritage Foundation at heritage.org that um, that uh, this was a plan to have these elections held in an off-election year uh, because it would get less attention and fewer people would show up to vote. Is that true? 
Well, it's been done this way for decades, and I think initially there might have been some effort to make it more of a community-focused election, right? So it, it without the distractions of either state or national yeah. candidates as well. But what it's turned into is what you just described, right? Is parents uh, either don't know about who they're voting for, or uh, once again, again, teachers unions can, um, you know, they can control what information is distributed. They um, certainly have um, easy access, right, to any of these candidates to get in their ear about what they think the priorities should be. Mm-hmm. Now, um, who's more likely to have an effect on a community's kids, the mayor or the school board? Well, it's going to depend what the policies are. I mean, I think that a school board, generally speaking, right, because they have so much authority over what is taught and uh, how a district operates, that, you know, a school board is going to have a lot of influence over what children are exposed to every day. That, but, but still, you know, we, we can never overlook the influence that parents can have. I mean, there's plenty of social science evidence that shows that, uh, you know, students are going to get their values from their family and that what parents expose their children to in the home and, um, and uh, you know, the parents' level of education, things like that, uh, matter quite a bit. Yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, who is more likely to have an effect, I guess, on a, on a kid's future than, the, you know, yeah, the school board yeah. or the mayor? The, sure, and I, and I think because school boards are dealing with something that kids are, are where they are every day, um, you know, mm-hmm. mayors these days, and especially in some large areas, have uh, some, some influence over the growth of charter schools uh, in those areas, and for urban and metropolitan uh, uh, areas, that, that can be significant. But um, still, I think your point is well taken, right? School boards have a significant uh, level of, of influence over uh, what, uh, what children are going to be doing. And you could be sitting in a restaurant in the days when you were allowed to sit in a restaurant. You, you could be sitting in a restaurant uh, uh, in the booth next to someone on your school board and not know it. Because they're just they're kind of they're just not well known in, in the communities, right? Sure, it's not as highly visible, right? I mean, they don't mm-hmm. they are usually not spend quite as much on the election, and their face isn't plastered, you know, everywhere. Maybe in a few places, or sometimes their names, right, on a little placard on the side of the road or something. But no, it's definitely not. The exposure isn't as high as uh, as some of the other elections. So, how much has uh, critical race theory crept into school systems and? How much more is it likely to spread now that Democrats control everything at the federal level? Well, I think it's come up pretty quickly, and I think now that it's here, uh, I think parents are only now beginning to recognize uh, what sort of effects and ideas that it's trying to transmit. And I think because they are so starkly different from what we have known um, and what we cherish as Americans in terms of the respect for the rule of law, the belief in a pluralistic society, and uh, even if they can't articulate it that way, this is what critical race theory is after, right? It is highly skeptical of the liberal order. They say, those, they say this themselves in their literature and, and in the academic literature supporting critical race theory. They, uh, they are looking to um, turn systems of power around uh, on those who they feel like um, are not deserving. And how um, how widespread, based on your survey and your work on this project, uh, how widespread is the sixteen nineteen project right now in American schools? So they advertise that it's in four thousand five hundred classrooms. Uh, it's the Washington D.C. and Chicago are two of the larger districts that are using that material now. When it comes to critical race theory broadly, right? So not just you know the sixteen nineteen headlines, but but uh, critical race theory in general, it often comes through these ethnic studies programs that are now being promulgated in in states. California has been working on one for several years. The material is clearly steeped in critical race theory. I mean, the terms of decolonization and intersectionality, all of these things, white privilege are are, uh, prevalent throughout that material. Washington State, you can find similar material there, as well as uh, work that the school board in Ohio has done, the state school board there, um, and Connecticut, which is significant today 
because uh, the president-elect's choice for um, education secretary formerly was the commissioner of ed in Connecticut. Now, um, the the uh, Heritage Foundation did a survey of parents and school board members uh, at K through 12 schools around the country. Um, it's a really interesting stuff that you came up with. I read it. What did you ask, and what did you find? I mean, that's a another, so, you could go on for a while about that. Well, sure. So just you know, very quickly, we asked about the teaching of history and civics, and whether parents believe that 1776 was the year of the nation's founding, or 1619, what parents and school board members felt about slavery. And there was an interesting response to that question. People believe that slavery was a stain on America's past, but they also believe that freedom and prosperity are really what our nation is based on. And so we can look backward and learn from the mistakes of the past, but we don't have to dwell on it which I think is what critical race theory draws us or drags us back into. Uh, interesting question, too, that asked um, whether or not parents and mem- board members thought that schools should teach values or be interested in character and widespread uh, support for that idea, that schools should be um, uh, looking at values and character. And then we also had questions about sex education in schools and uh, issues of restorative justice as well. We're talking to Jonathan Butcher. He's senior analyst at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy. They did a really uh, extensive uh, survey of parents and school board members. And I, I see that you found that there's a big difference between how parents feel about their kids being taught what the 1619 Project is teaching and how school board members feel about it. And it was the opposite of what I thought you would find. Yeah, we were surprised by that, too. I think our survey of parents was a nationally representative survey. Our survey of school board members um, was, it was heavily uh, um, uh, represented by school board members from the Southeast. They also tended to be a little older as well as wealthier than the national sample. So, you know, I think the sample has has some to do with it. Um, I also think, you know, we can only project here or estimate, but I think that for those school board members who have seen the curriculum, the 1619 curriculum, and are aware of the errors that the editors have refused to fix, I think they may very well share the concerns that uh, those of us who have looked at the 1619 project have with what's in that material. Yeah, and it's amazing that the the, the 1619 project, the the I I I think that the the major premise of it has been debunked, the major theme. Uh, and it's been debunked in various other areas, but yet um, it hasn't been corrected, and school boards aren't asking questions about it. It's it's amazing. These are uh, these are kids we're talking about who are going to be taught this stuff, and they just accept it, even though even though it's been proven that the that, that the whole thing is based on a lie, basically. Well, they had a head start being from the New York Times Magazine. Um, because there was so much advocacy and advertising uh, that you know, the New York Times brings with it. Um, they also, you know, they have uh, publishers going to publish books about it. They're talking about doing video and TV stuff with Lionsgate and Oprah Winfrey. So, you know, they've got a, they have a head start here. And so even the accredited, the um, uh, decorated historians who have uh, criticized the project and found errors in it, um, it just it it uh, because it came after the release. Uh, I think that now we have to play catch up. And do most parents even pay attention to what their school boards are up to? Did you find that in the in the survey? We didn't really ask that. I think what we do know just from experience is that parents often don't know what their children are being taught unless they ask or unless they look yeah. at what their child brings home in homework, or they see it in a headline in the paper. <laughs> you know, I think that's often what parents get most upset is when they, you know, see a headline about what is in a, you know, the local school because, you know, someone from the media was at a school board meeting and found something objectionable or, you know, wrote about something controversial. It's been a long time since I've had a, a kids in school, um, and, and I, I know that things have changed uh, a little bit. <laughs> since they were in school because they used to bring books home and they used to they used to read books and i i i think now that it's more they're reading it on a on an ipad so uh, parents can they even see what books their kids are are learning from uh, is it is yeah, it harder for them even to keep track of that 
Sure. And there are even rules about when you can go see school curriculum and what you can access. Uh, and these are the kinds of things that limit the transparency that we have over uh, what is taught in schools. And that, and that needs to change. I think that's something that state policymakers really can look at. Now, what do you mean? You, you, if, I, if I have a kid in school, I can't just uh, say, hey, I want to see his American history book to make sure I approve of what you're teaching him? Well, it depends on the state and the district rules. In some states, you know, they'll say, yes, you can see it, but only between the hours of, you know, 9 and 3 on yeah. school days or, or something like that, you know. So it doesn't make well, it quite as easy for a working parent. Wow, that, that's, that, that, that's a great argument right there for not sending your kid to a public school. That, that one sentence that you just spewed out there is just ridiculous. We're talking to Jonathan Butcher, Senior Analyst at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education uh, Policy. So um, how many people even bother to vote in their school board elections? What kind of turnout do they get? It's usually somewhere around 10% of what is in a, a typical election. I mean, it's usually quite, quite small. Um, it, it depends. We have, you know, we have information about that in, you know, in our survey report, but it was the numbers were right around there, right around about 10% of what you would expect. Yeah. And so is that because uh, it's, it's just it's amazing to me because you're talking about kids and what they learn in school, and I'd be honest with you, I don't remember ever voting in a school board election. You know, my kids have been out of school for 100 years, but I, I don't remember ever paying attention to a school board election. Yeah, you know, often, be, again, because they're usually in off years, I think people often overlook them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about gender identity issues? Uh, if we can get beyond the uh, stupidity of the 1619 Project, what about uh, bathroom use and boys competing against girls in sports and all that stupidity? Yeah, largely the responses to those questions were that parents did not want uh, students taught sex ed uh, in the younger grades especially. Uh, there was one question in particular that asked about the teaching of sex ed to um, young elementary students, and parents were opposed to that. Um, so I think, you know, I, I think parents are very aware of the potential for that kind of instruction to go awry, right, to go, to go uh, counter to what their personal values are. And um, the Equality Act, which was uh, voted on, I think, unanimously by the, the Democrats in the House, um, that's about to become a law, isn't it, if, uh, now that uh, they've taken over? And, th and that's going to affect yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we can only guess. I mean, I think that uh, th that they've uh, progressives have shown their support for that. So I think we have to really be aware, yeah, today of what uh, what may be coming in the next four years. We'll have more with Jonathan Butcher, senior analyst at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy, right after this. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he will not be calling the Senate back into session ahead of schedule to accommodate a Democrat effort to remove President Trump from office before President-elect Joe Biden is sworn in. The U.N. Atomic Watchdog Agency says Iran has informed it that the country has begun installing equipment for the production of uranium metal, which would be another violation of the landmark nuclear deal with world powers. Two former Michigan health officials charged with involuntary manslaughter in the deaths of nine people who got Legionnaire's disease following the Flint water crisis. A late slide in several big tech stocks left major indexes lower on Wall Street today. The Dow dropped 69 points, the Nasdaq was off 16, and the S&P 500 fell 14 points. This is SRN News. Some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. 
Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Dan Proft says big tech is treading on thin ice. Is it legal what these uh, big tech companies are doing? Yes, it's legal. But but there's a bigger question than just legal because there's things like fairness norms in this country. There's things like constitutional norms in this country. And people take those norms of due process, of fair play, of free speech beyond just the black letter of the law. The Dan Proft Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems. Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery and grease stains consider genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets genesis 950 has great customer service order one gallon direct at genesis 950.com to receive a free spray bottle free shipping and a ten dollar coupon using code pets genesis 950.com that's genesis 950.com discount only available at genesis 950.com genesis 950 much cheaper than replacing your carpets am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing a jam up on outbound Boulevard of the Allies from Marion Street up to the Birmingham Bridge. That's an earlier accident of the on-ramp causing that seven-minute delay. Outbound 28, an accident approaching Pittsburgh Mills Boulevard. Delays on the Parkway East, congested outbound from Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Least a four-minute delay. Busy on the Parkway West, inbound some volume from 19 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clouds breaking tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 32. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow with a shower in the area late in the morning. That'll be followed by periods of snow and rain in the afternoon with little or no accumulation. We'll see a high of 42. Tomorrow night, an evening rain or snow shower in spots. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies. Watch for icy spots. Tomorrow night's low, 29. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Back with Jonathan Butcher. He's a senior analyst at the Heritage Foundation, the Center for Education Policy. I think this is really important stuff, and it's, uh, it's about your kids. It's about schools. Let's continue with Jonathan. What is it in the Equality Act that uh, parents should be really concerned about? Well, I think it's the biggest thing is the sea change on the perspective of biology. I think there's, um, you know, there are technical things within the provisions that, um, you know, other my colleagues at the Heritage Foundation could go into, but I think um, the, the biggest thing is that it changes just wholesale our perspective on biology and, and whether. Um, you know, what it means biologically, you know, to be born male or born female. I think that the change in that wholesale perspective as recognized by, um, you know, our elected officials, I think that's, that's a big thing, right? Because it goes to the values issue. 
it goes to this issue of what we hold dear. Yeah, I mean, we have a president who said that he thinks that an eight-year-old should be able to uh, make the decision to uh, have a sex change operation. Uh, and um, is that another advertisement for not having anybody in Washington in charge of anything to do with your kid's education? Is that a pretty good argument for that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Washington for decades now has done far more in local schools from determining school discipline policy, the way that schools handle uh, issues with student behavior, to uh, issues regarding school meals, which used to be for just students in in low-income areas, but are now to become an entitlement even for kids in middle- and upper-income households. I mean, all of these things. Washington has extended what really should be a local issues around uh, uh, schools and communities. Um, and do parents, I mean, have you finding from your survey that parents just want the their kids to be taught reading, write, writing, and arithmetic, most of them, and just leave the other stuff alone and let me handle that at home? No, I think parents do want civics taught, and I think school boards do too, and I think that's appropriate. I mean, I think there's a place for schools to recognize who our founding fathers were. To oh, no, no, I don't mean that, Jonathan. I mean, th- th- I consider that, I guess, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and that, you know, history and, and literature and all that stuff. I- I'm, I'm talking about schoolwork rather than deciding that you're going to, uh, someone's going to change your kid's idea of what a man and a woman is yeah yeah no you you make a very good point sure i I think you know this is um this is something that parents should be deciding for themselves it's not something that they should be turning over uh to schools to do for them um i think that uh schools you know already they are moving in this area of civics especially right so so when we talk about civics broadly so we're encompassing history and social studies and all of this which touches on the gender identity issues um it's it's a it's this move towards action civics that people should be concerned about because what now is happening in schools is that they're skipping facts and they're skipping the teaching of of dates and of uh, again objective truth which is uh, an issue that critical race theory brings in they they say that we should ignore facts um, and it it turns it into becoming activists and making students activists over issues like joining a labor union or uh, plastic bags in, school, in grocery stores, things like that. And that's troubling, right? Because you're skipping building the foundation, the knowledge that students need to make those decisions. So uh, we're finishing up here with Jonathan Butcher, Senior Analyst at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy. Um, does what you uh, studied and your survey, does it all add up to uh, just more proof that school choice is the way to go, to give parents more choice? Yes, certainly. I mean, I think it does come back to giving parents the ability to choose how and where their children learn. Absolutely. Now, um, what are the chances of that happening now with the Democrats in power? That's going to be delayed at least for a while, isn't it? Well, it should be up to state lawmakers. It's really a state issue and not a federal issue. It's something that state lawmakers should have been working on before and should be, you know, considering now. I mean, this is this is really the, the issue that states should be working on. Well, but how does federal funding, uh, schools being um, de- so dependent on federal funding that, that that something like this would be able to be taken over by the state without the schools losing money from the feds? Yeah, fortunately, federal funding is still just a small part of the overall pie. You know, it's only about 8 to 10 percent. Local funding is still 40 to 45 percent of, of what schools get, leaving state with the other 40, 45 percent. So it's the problem is, is that the regulations and the rules go beyond that 8 percent of funding, right? It goes beyond that spending. And so um, I think state lawmakers, state policymakers, and local need to be reasserting their authority over local local schools. Last thing, Jonathan, um, is you see what's going on around the country um, with uh, what's happening with schools and the the kids uh, having to be taught at home and all that stuff. Um, Is I think I kind of asked you this at the beginning, but is is this is could it be the beginning of a a revolution where where parents uh, see that they don't want teachers unions 
running their kids' lives? Because that's happening so many places where the teachers just refuse to come to school now because they might get sick. It's the unions, isn't it? Absolutely, especially in places like Chicago. Chicago's been in the headlines a lot lately uh, with this issue of the unions against the wishes of parents. Uh, I think unions have once again overstepped uh, their their appropriate their bounds. Um, I think that they uh, often advocate for issues that are unrelated to schools, and they've continued to do that in the past year while COVID has been before parents. And uh, now that they're pushing to keep kids out of in-person learning, even though schools have demonstrated, according to what we've seen so far, to not be super spreaders, uh, I think that that's um, given parents, I think, a different perspective on uh, how important it is to be in the driver's seat when it comes to how and where their children learn. Well, I, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, people start paying more attention. I, I'm I'm guilty of not having paid enough attention when I had kids in school. Uh, but uh, what you've done at the Heritage Foundation will draw a lot of attention to it. I appreciate you coming on, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. Suddenly, you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare is going to help you out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is John Steigerwald, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50. No funding for abortion and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client was in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. Hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put Put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or SalemCareerHub.com. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. 
Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now we talk a little bit in the uh, conversation with uh, Jonathan Butcher about uh, schools, about um, the issues with transgender um, problems and not and just transgender issues. Uh, and here's a story here. A transgender athlete has sued the USA Powerlifting uh, Organization because uh, she's not allowed to... Uh, she or he, I don't know what you're supposed to say, but it's a person who used to be a man and now is a woman uh, is pretending to be a woman. I don't know how it works. But anyway, it came as a surprise. Uh, this is what uh, the name is J.C. Cooper. It came as a surprise to me when I applied to compete at my first competition. I was told that I couldn't compete specifically because I'm a trans woman. Actually, they think you're a man, but that's that's you think you're a trans woman. They think you're a man. That's kind of the way it works. And Sometimes people disagree on that. I was gutted. I had been training for months, and up until that point had experienced so much love and uh, community around the organization. But um, this is what uh, someone from the organization said, and this is really an outrageous thing for this person to say. Men naturally have a larger bone structure, higher bone density, stronger connective tissue, and higher muscle density than women. These traits, even with reduced levels of testosterone, do not go away. While MTF, uh, female to male, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, MTF, male to female, may be weaker and less muscle than they once were, the biological benefits from them at birth still remain over that of a female. So, uh, you know, it's an ongoing argument. This uh, person wants to compete as a woman, and, and began lifting in 2018 and said training for the sport empowered uh, her in ways she couldn't previously have imagined. This is That's nice that it does that, <clears throat> but that seems a little self-centered um, uh, because it makes you feel good, then uh, you should be able to allow the, uh, you should be, be allowed to compete against people who are going to start out with a distinct advantage. And people, by the way, who have also worked really hard and gotten to the point where they can be weightlifters and compete against other actual women. And um, But as long as it makes you feel good, as long as this training and, and achieving the winning awards and be getting all the publicity, as long as that makes you feel good, I guess that's the most important thing. That seems to be where this stuff works because that, that's what you always hear. Yeah, but... It just it changed his life or her life. It it's just uh, it's just so wonderful. Yeah, but there's you know a whole a whole uh, group of people whose lives uh, have been affected by it who worked really hard and ended up not being able to compete or not being able to win. Uh, and uh, this uh, J C Cooper says, as a trans person, this took on additional meaning because our bodies are so politicized and demonized regularly. Um, again. Uh, I don't care if that, uh, that as a trans person, it took on additional meaning for you. I mean, it's nice. Uh, it's a, uh, glad it made you happy. But that you shouldn't expect the other people who are competing, the actual fe- people who were born female and still have the same disadvantages that females have when competing against men in weightlifting, that uh, it doesn't matter how much additional meaning it has for you. That's not the point. It, it doesn't matter. It's it, it's about whether it makes, first of all, whether it's insanity, which it is, but whether it makes any sense to have men competing against women. And, and you know, now that uh, the big guy is going to take over a week from today, um, we are going to have Democrats in charge in the Equality Act, and, and we talked about it with uh, uh, Jonathan Butcher a few minutes ago. This is going to open it all up, and uh, you, you're not going to be allowed to prevent transgender women, uh, biological men, you're not going to be able to uh, prevent it from happening, uh, prevent them from competing 
against uh, biological women, which, you know, for anybody who knows anything about sports, uh, knows that that is completely ridiculous, okay? Um, and now, before I go, I, I got something else I want to get into here. Um, you know, we're hearing a lot about or how just outraged uh, the Democrats are and just offended and terrified and horrified and saddened and all the other words you can think of about the uh, terrible siege, as they're calling it, uh, at the Capitol by um, terrorists. They are they're called everybody. You're now you are now a, a terrorist if you are a Republican. You're no longer a, um, a, a Republican. You're a terrorist if you support Donald Trump, because if you support Donald Trump, then you support whatever happened at the Capitol on Wednesday. Um, so. There's a story here. Uh, Kamala Harris is going to be vice president. This is scary to think about. Uh, vice president a week from now, as we sit here, she will be the vice president of the United States of America. Uh, the, she, she promoted a bail fund. Now, you know, she is just outraged by the violence and the destruction of buildings that went on uh, and destruction of property and everything else that went on uh, at the Capitol on Wednesday. But uh, she promoted a bail fund back in the summer during the riots in Minnesota, you know, the the um, peaceful demonstrations in Minnesota. And that bail fund that she promoted made tons of money because of her promotion. And now the bail fund is refusing to release uh, the records for the people it helped uh, they, that they helped spring from jail during all that stuff going on in Minnesota says here in June 2020, as violent unrest swept the country in the wake of Minneapolis resident George Floyd's death at the hands of city police, Harris, then two months away from being chosen as Joe Biden's running mate, tweeted out a link to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which claims to pay criminal bail and immigration bonds for those who cannot otherwise afford to. So her tweet said, uh, from Kamala said, if you're able to, chip in now to the MN Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. Well, it turns out that, you know, they were doing a little bit more than protesting. Uh, and Harris's support uh, was one of the reasons that helped the, this uh, Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, bring in tens of millions of dollars, which uh, is a little bit of an increase over what they had in 2018, 100000 bucks. She saw to it that they raised tens of millions of dollars, uh, and the bail fund was uh, controversial because the reports had, uh, had said, said that it had helped uh, people spring from jail, uh, people like uh, people who were alleged violent criminals, including at least one individual with multiple rape convictions on his rap sheet. This is a, a peaceful demonstrator who was also um, charged with multiple, uh, not charged, convicted of multiple rapes, and um, he's released because of the help from uh, from Kamala Harris. And, uh, and the Washington Post looked into it and found that the fund uh, bailed out one guy who allegedly shot at police officers during the riots in Minnesota. So she is just outraged at what happened at the Capitol. And uh, she hates violence. And she uh, helped this organization raise millions of dollars uh, and uh, like increased their um, usual amount of money a hundred times from what it normally was. Uh, and a local Fox affiliate out there found that among those who received bail money from that group was a woman accused of killing a friend and a twice convicted sex offender. Those two people were, were also let out. So Kamala Harris, um, she's, uh, she's, she's made a major contribution to the streets of Minneapolis where there are lots of criminals out there running around because she helped raise money to bail them out. That's just uh, it's just unbelievable that what's what's uh, the, the hypocrisy of the Democrats on this stuff is just just mind boggling. And she's right up there with all of them. Wheelie wheelie she is. But uh, <laughs> this is scary. But a week from tonight, you're going to be eating dinner. And you're going to be watching, maybe watching the news, and President Joe Biden will be speaking, uh, maybe, if he still, if he, if he remembers that he's the president. Um, but that's, that's where, that's where we are, and it's insanity, but what are you going to do? 
Now, I want a, a quick uh, little sports note here. There's some stuff going on with the the Steelers, um, and they uh, they fired three assistant coaches today, and including the uh, Fickner, the um, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Mike Tomlin, of course, survives. He's the head coach. He's not going to be fired and shouldn't be fired. But I, I, I was thinking about something today because there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster has taken a lot of heat, and deservedly so. He's a, he's a child. He has, he's, he has the maturity of, I would say, it looks like about a 14- or 15-year-old, um, and he's all over TikTok and making lots of money, so good for him. But he's taken a lot of criticism just for being a, a goof and for, for not, not being a, a good teammate. So, and, and I was, I've criticized him in columns that I wrote, and uh, I've criticized him on Twitter. Uh, but then I, I remembered, now, I think he's about 24 or 25 right now. And I, I wanted to remind everybody that Ben Roethlisberger, when he was Juju Smith-Schuster's age, was, I wasn't going to say a hundred times worse, much, much much worse than Juju Smith-Schuster. What Juju seems to be doing, at least what we know the, uh, what's happened uh, in, in public, stupid dancing on logos and things like that and uh, just making uh, an idiot of himself uh, in videos and everything. But, I, again, I think he's making money on it, so God bless him. But, but Ben Roethlisberger was known as just being a bad guy. I, 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 haven't, heard, uh, I haven't heard anybody say that about Juju Schuster. Uh, Smith Schuster, uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, and I think he's grown up a lot, and he's almost forty years old now, so he should have. But when he was in his mid twenties, he was—I I put it this way—and I've said this before—in the thirty years that I covered sports, I never had anybody come close to generating the number of questions I got unsolicited from people in the street. Or people, when I'd be in some kind of a situation doing an interview with a doctor or somebody, somebody who would come in contact with them, and they they would ask me, what is the deal with Ben Roethlisberger? Boy, is he a bleep bleep. And so that was him when he was Juju's age. So let's not be too harsh with Juju. And Ben's probably going to be around for another year. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.